Going all out when it's by that bread and butter. The careful cloud, I put that on my dead brother, yo. He talked so much, I showed him I'm a real hunter. Won't say it, but he know I still got real cutters, yo. Yeah, I'm right back and I lost mad commas. I had been down bad inside a dog tunnel, yo. Forgot them boys, I found out who my real problems. And who was only with me, cause I had dollars. Never cross nobody, always stay silent. Keep it real with player, never lie, then always stay honest. Love my bro so much, I never change on them. I'm the one to go and do the work, bring you the damn profits. Hustled on my own, I always didn't know how to sell product. They ain't gave me none, I grind so long, came from the damn bottle. Everybody speaking on my name, could have some real problems. We are not the same, ain't in my lane, I got my own column, yeah. Peeping and I'm seeing people fall back. You little homies got me at that topic of the chat. You switched on me when you know you in business with a rat. And the boy that's like your brother, ain't nobody speak on that. The city see it clearly if I had a state of fact. You still rock with the boy that went and got your Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 106 of the Splash Cast, the Around the League edition, Monday Night Raw. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I am your co-host, Norwood. Our powers combined. We are your HBCU homeboys. I do want to let you know I'm doing something different this week. Splash Cast 48 pack. It's a case. 48. 48 songs. This is as long a song as a Chris Brown album. This is what you're going to get I, this year. I started putting the playlist together and kind of ran through 24. And I was like, hmm, I have to make some cuts. <laughs> and I just kept on going. And I was like, oh, I'm at 36 now. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, and then I put everything together. Now, I will say the Spider-Man uh, soundtrack is excellent. It's a diverse soundtrack. So you cover all the bases. I had to ask myself if these songs were singles put out by these people, would I put them on there? Yes. It's going to be 48, two hours and 23 minutes of music. Covers all the basses. It's a lot of Afro beat in there, too. Some pop mm-hmm. music and some slow jams. Welcome. Y'all should like it. Y'all should like it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday Night Raw, you know we cover HBCU news around the culture, news around basketball, news around football, and then we also have some splashes of the week that didn't make it into the pregame normally. Uh, With that being said, let's jump right into HBCU football, man. So Bubba McDowell down at Prairie View A&M down there in Houston um, had a mega coaching camp. The mega coaching camp included uh, SWAT coaches, MEAC coaches, HBCU coaches, uh, Dawson Odoms being one from Norfolk State. Okay. Dawson Odoms being from uh, Norfolk State. Uh, uh, Simmons from FAMU. Uh, uh, Dooley from, no, Southern was not there, but Jackson, uh, JT uh, from Jackson State was there. And Deion Sanders was there from Colorado. Yes. So, Bramlin was there. Texas State was there. Georgia Tech was there. Colorado was there. Uh, I the whole Eddie Robinson and Dion being there together super interesting, especially yeah. coming. Alabama up. State was there, which was interesting. I wondered what it, I'm sure they didn't speak uh, as well as Alabama A and M. So with that being said, Bubba McDowell, head coach of Prairie View, caught a little bit of flat 
for for bringing Dion, and this is what he had to say about it. Let's see if we got it on. Uh, make sure we got everything on. Well, I think the biggest deal for these young men to come out and see that not just Prairie View, but multiple schools are out here looking at these guys, and they're out here show, showcasing their talent, which is always good. You know, a lot of these kids don't get a chance to go to multiple camps. So it's always good to go to one big mega camp. We then have 30, 45 schools in here so they can see these guys collectively at one time. You know, so many people are so territorial in recruiting. Oh, yeah. That, that just sounds like crazy to do it that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So what was the driver for you to say, no, come get in where you fit in. We want these guys to go to college somewhere. I always tell that, and that's the, and you said it right. That's it. We just want these kids to get looked by anybody, cause look, everybody can't can't grab all of them. You gonna have some good ones, you gonna have some mediocre ones, but we can't grab them all. So those that are left over, and you feel they can fit your program, then you go get them and take them and, and develop them when they get there. Saw a moment where Coach Prime dropped down on the knees. Oh, so yeah. you talk, talk to me about y'all's relationship. Oh yeah, we've been you know we've been going against each other, knowing each other for we both Florida boys. You know he had Florida State, I'm at Miami. We had some great battles over the years. So and, and it's always great, man, to see a Hall of Famer like him continues to support you know HBCUs and and camps in, in general. You know because again, you know when he's out here, he brings the kids out. Again, now you, these kids can be able to see uh, be seen by by multiple colleges. So, I'm, I used to be against satellite camps at the beginning. I was one of the greedy fans. It was like, nah, they're going to come and try to take all the players. And it took, shout out to George, works for SEC Network, uh, Hampton University alone, um, said, you know, there's like 15,000 high school football recruits every year. Like 15,000. He was like, no matter what school you support, HBCU or Power 5 or both, they can't get all of the kids. They can't get all of the players. And if you can't get all the players, your greed is now doing a disservice because you're taking an opportunity away from other kids. When it was explained yeah. to me like that, like four years ago, that day I was like, oh, well, you you need satellite camps. So shout out to Bubba McDowell. Shout out to Dion for showing up. Got to say it. And, and number one, we're, we're about education way more than we're about anything else. Giving these guys an opportunity to get an education wherever it may be via football is what matters to absolute all. However you feel about whatever you feel, we don't care. If, if you can get a chance to be seen and that helps that kid get an education, help put him in a better situation for the future, help him you know create generational wealth, whatever it may be. And we have to support that. Whatever you believe, football is just just an avenue at the end of the day. So I 100% support that. Now, I do and I have to say this because it's been on my heart. I don't love the media coverage. Because the way that they've kind of positioned this is, like, this is Bubba McDowell's camp. And not only is it Bubba McDowell's camp, Bubba McDowell was a damn good NFL player. Now, everybody doesn't know that because... They don't watch football that way. But some of the, the reporting has kind of led with Dion and like great that he's there, but this is this man's camp. Don't don't take away from what he's trying to do. That um, was immensely frustrating. Um the different I, I understand what you're saying. And there were other articles that referenced Dion a lot, but I can appreciate we got this from shout out to HBCU Game Day got this from HBCU game day that they interviewed Bubba McDowell 
and let Bubba McDowell comment on Dion. Let Bubba McDowell comment on, yes. on the other coaches. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, That's the classy I, way to do it. That is, I, that is I absolutely like that. the classy way. Because Dion is forever going to be the elephant in the room in black college football until something happens, until he comes back or he sends openly sends players this way, until the, the fence is mended between those that felt some type of way of way he left. Then, and time passes, Dion will always be the elephant in the room. So, for I applaud HBCU Game Day and Bubba McDowell for standing there and just talking about it, going going right at it, not talking around it, yep. not trying to BS about it. Like, yeah, he's here. He brings out the kids. He also brings out yeah. other schools. No, Dion is to the point now where the people that he's recruiting, we talk about it. He gets all the transfers. Yeah. Well, if he gets all the transfers, that means other schools are now going to be looking like, well, we need to look at the players he's looking at. And that's how you get 47 schools at, at a Prairie View HBCU camp. So, I mean, we, I've, uh, we, we are the realest podcast in the world. We talk about you. We will give you all the flack that you deserve, but we will give you the praise we need to. I do understand what you were saying, though, with the other places. Um, but shout out to Prairie View. Just be, just be responsible. Me and Reggie aren't journalists by trade, but – if if we can handle this with class, you guys should take a second and have some journalistic integrity. Yep, yep. Now, speaking of integrity, let me tell you where it will not be. Uh, integrity Uh-oh. will not be there. September 9th in the Bayou, in Baton Rouge. Let me tell you something. I don't know if Norwood is going to make this. One half of the splash cast may be in Baton Rouge September 9th. Uh, Jackson State and Southern will be televised on ESPN Plus, and kickoff is at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, you know, for this to be, I think, the first game for both of them is kind of crazy that they play each other in the first game. Um, might be the second game, but normally you don't play that way. Uh, I am excited for this game. T.C. Taylor gets his first game. Dooley gets after uh, a full season of recruiting. Dooley with a new with a new quarterback uh, after uh, plays Jackson State. Southern's starting quarterback that everybody wanted benched transferred to Jackson State. So as well as the the starting kicker. So there's a lot of players that are familiar with each other on both rosters. Some players from Jackson State transferred to Southern thanks to the transfer portal. This is going to be a hell of a game. May have to make it to Baton Rouge for that. And I've seen, and I know this is a little just kind of, I don't, no, I think it's important. Uh, I heard that it's actually going to be on ABC. So you know how ABC and and ESPN are are one unit. But I do, from what I've I've read, they're going to actually be on ABC, which is like ESPN is one thing as, as the cable network, but ABC, we all got channels. Yep. And I'm excited for that game. Now, last year, Southern played LSU, and I went to that game because that was basically all of Baton Rouge was in the Tiger Stadium. LSU beat the crap out of Southern. Southern's band beat the crap out of LSU. It is what it is. This they year. They said they had a good fourth quarter, though. They did. They did. Southern scored twice. This year. LSU is hosting Grambling State September 9th. I love this. 
in Baton Rouge. So September 9th in Baton Rouge, you have Southern versus Jackson State. Then you also have Grambling State and LSU, which will be the day games. Woo! That's the whole state. That's the four flagship schools of Louisiana. Well, three flagship schools of Louisiana playing in the same town on the same weekend on Labor Day. Oh, there is going to be an unreasonable amount of tailgating. Uh, There'll be an unreasonable amount of liquor consumption. Oh, Uh, look at Reggie's face. I can't (laughs) wait. Boy, neck bones, crawfish, and gumbo with wings. Oh, Lord. Oh, why did you have to say the menu? (laughs) <laughs> um, I said the appetizers. Jeez. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and just, I like LSU doing this. Consistently mm-hmm. putting HBCUs on your roster. Uh, it allows these guys to get tape against the best. And hopefully we'll have more HBCUs do this. I mean, we'll have more PWIs, excuse me, I think Power Fives uh, putting HBCUs on this schedule. You need more of that. Florida, Florida and FAMU, do it. They played. They do played it. recently. They played within the last ten, five, ten years. But um, I'm I'm just excited for this this weekend, September 9th. I don't know what's gonna happen because we will. I will have just be coming back from spending a good amount of money in August, uh, and then at the end of September we still have some fun to do. So. It's going to be a crazy two months, but I have got to figure out a way to make it to Baton Rouge for that weekend. It's going to be crazy. Going to be crazy. Speaking of Grambling, though, Hugh. Now, Hugh. Hugh Jackson has been trying to keep up with what Dion started down there in, in, in Jackson State. Now, <laughs> Hugh is fresh off the Rolls Royce with the Gucci belt. <laughs> He's fresh off the uh, – no, that was Southern with the box Chevy. He's fresh off the – he had the satin robe, Gucci robe, uh, trying to catch it. Now you, who is saying, thanks to McLeod, we will know how to maximize training and improve performance by managing their workload so that they can track and minimize injuries. Uh, McLeod is a sports performance company. I'm just going to let this play. <laughs> Y'all, I, I think I text Norwood. I said, what you got on right here, dog? What 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 is Hugh wearing? Y'all, for y'all that are watching, let me know what Hugh got on. Because I, it's, here we go. <laughs> Bro, no. No. And we have so much respect for you. But we are a podcast who specializes in telling the truth being transparent that we say all this with love but if you don't take the lululemon stretch pants off bro you don't take them leggings off first of all them leggings come with one or two things they either come with crocs or they come with uggs bro you don't and anybody on his team that cares about him no bro and if you're gonna wear those at least put some shorts on top of them but this look here this ain't it, bro. This ain't it. Ain't nowhere near what we need from you. And let me tell you something. You Hugh, old enough to be like my uncle, so I'm. I got. I got to shoot it straight with you, Hugh. Last year, Grambling and Southern played. You weren't expected. Hey, to take win. that down. Take that down. Take that down. No. Take that down. Take no, that down. I'm not. You were expected it. to win. You weren't expected. I don't want to see win. that man in leggings. Hugh, you about to get. 
an introduction into what we call the Joneses. You about to get fried, died, and laid to the side when you make it to Baton Rouge to play LSU and when you play Southern in the Bayou Classic. I'm going to let you know right now, I think we go into the Bayou Classic this year. I'm going to put this on a poster and say Grambling this year. Like, Hugh, you got to put on, first of all, you should have a, a Grambling jumpsuit on. You, you, you jumpsuit, you, the jumpsuit that go like that, the windbreaker, you that age appropriate. That's what you need to have on. You can't have on the, the Lululemon pants. leggings. You can't have this on, Hugh. And then, yeah, you look like a Bethune-Cookman cheerleader. <laughs> I look like a Texas this is, Southern this is male cheerleader, bro. This you is, look like a flag court. This is uncalled for. <laughs> and man, then with the PowerPoint, look man. at the PowerPoint. Man. Look, and look, he is a black icon. Take that down, man. That man, Flash Cast, NFL for a long time will always be your consultant. We talk about black colleges and HBCUs getting better at at, at social media. He was trying, but this looked like something off Jefferson hey. Pilot Sports. You remember Jefferson Pilot Sports? That's what that looked like right there. That looked like Jefferson Pilot Sports. <laughs> Hey, you didn't watch. You didn't play it on the Jefferson Pilot Sports too. I'm happy to be there. Yeah, boy, that was when they covered the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a Georgia joke. If you grew up in the south, next, if you grew up in Georgia. Time, there's Jefferson, Jefferson Pilot. You know who that is. Next time you're gonna post something, you send it to just send it to the splash cast. <laughs> yes, Sneaky's yes, wearing leggings. Sneaky. Lemon. Let's 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 move on to something better. All right, man. Hey, 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 all right. Teron Armstead, Teron Armstead, the Teron Armstead Foundation hosted their first ever celebrity basketball game in Cahokia. Uh, Teron Armstead is from Arkansas, I believe. Um, no, no, no. He's from Illinois, right outside. Of, oh, Illinois. He uh, went to Ar- he went to Arkansas Pipeline. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, he was a kid who walks walked six miles to get to his graduation. Uh, Xavier Jones is who they were um, honoring. Uh, Taram Armstead is also going back to school, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, 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 no. That's the Brickishaw Ferguson. Oh, but, but the reason that this is important is that Teron Armstead, also the HBCU uh, captain, him and James Winston, but this kid, Xavier Jones, he wanted to graduate. In order for him to graduate, he had to walk from his house to Harris Stowe University. They did go ahead and offer him a scholarship uh, for just being this. Please, why did he say um, From walking. He walked from his house to his graduation because it was that important for him. Uh, so Harris Stowe, the university, offered him a scholarship for his perseverance. Also, Teron Armstead bought him an electric bike to make his commutes a lot easier. And on top of that, he also bought his family a van. Unfortunately, Xavier and his six siblings lost their mother, I think, uh, well, a few years ago, and they're being taken care of by their grandfather. So this, the, the minivan, I'm sure, changes their life, and the electric bike allows him to, you know, move around a little bit more freely. It's a tough situation, but congratulations to that dude, man. They say him and, and two of his brothers decided, hey, man, we're going we gonna to walk from our house to your graduation, and all three of them walked there together. And when he got there, they celebrated him. He should be Harold it and celebrate it. I just told y'all, sports is all well and cool. This is just our vehicle, but education. That's what matters the most. And this kid, he deserves everything that he gets. You know, 
First off, I was laughing at our 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 comments come up about five seconds after we after we talk about it. So uh, I was laughing at uh, some of our viewers talking about the Lululemon leggings. Um, but you know, as a kid, I I bet you as a kid he knew he was walking a long way to graduate, but it didn't register to him that it was like six. Like you know, when you a kid and you got your friends with you, you we went all over the place. Until yep. you realize when you get older, you're like, boy, you know, you just walk six miles to graduation six in miles. dress shoes? In dress shoes? No, 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 no. And you got to get the six miles back home. Like, when you walk, you're making that commitment, getting there and getting back. And that shows you just how important it was for him to graduate. How much it meant for him to actually walk and graduate in front of his younger siblings. Um, that's a really, 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 really big deal. Shout out to the grandfather. That was admirable by uh, Xavier Jones. Also, man, congratulations, man, to Ron Armstead doing the right thing. That's just... Yeah, and that's man. what happens when you have HBCU products coming out into the world. Yep, yep. Know what a heart is. Know what a heart is. Uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of the HBCU News Around the Culture segment. We're going to Take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with basketball, WNBA, uh, as well as NBA. I said I still stand by my pick. Uh, Kyrie is on drugs, and uh, Nick Nurse and James Harden. I'm going to tell y'all, <laughs> when I saw Kyrie say that in every group chat, I said, oh, he is crazy. I don't like I, we support Kyrie on this podcast. <laughs> we love him. I don't think Always. I would be his <laughs> I do. I, I think that it must be very difficult to be Kyrie's friend because he just says all the craziest stuff. No, it's not like difficult to be Kyrie's friend. Well, you while just, we're here, Kyrie is the one you leave out the group text. Oh, like no. you just invite him places. You don't. You don't really put him in the group text because he'll say what's in the group text out loud. Uh, no. You be like, you, bro. You know, <laughs> do not. Uh, uh-uh, do not send that to him. Yo, no, we'll let him know what he's allowed to say. <laughs> well, yeah, like, follow, subscribe. We'll see y'all in a minute. I'm gonna grab a beer and we'll be right back. We'll be right back, y'all. Stay and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with our basketball segment of episode 106 of the Splash Cast Around the League Edition Monday Night Raw. Shout out to everybody tuning in, tuning in with us live on Facebook, Spotify. Nope, that's tape. Facebook, Splash, uh, Instagram, as well as www.splashcast.com and YouTube. Uh, <laughs> where you want to start, man? Let's start with WNBA. I'll tell you where we start. Start with the WNBA. Um... I guess this is WNBA. It's really FIBA. It's just women's bat. This is technically women's basketball. FIBA. Uh, they just had the. Yes, they just won their three on three women's basketball tournament. I don't think that these sports get nearly enough love. I didn't know this was a thing. Yes, three on three basketball is way more difficult because you only have three players. Y'all actually have to be good. There's no low. And as you can see, they're playing fantastic basketball. Once again, women and the women win gold, and I think the guys won silver. Jimmer for dead. Uh, but this is beautiful basketball. And I think Haley Van Lith is on this team. Uh, She's playing like And Cameron Brink. 
Yeah, that, yeah, them two. Yeah, they are. Kaylee Van Lith and Cameron Brink won the FIBA. There she is. There she is. Van Lith. <laughs> ah. hey, the girl will play some basketball, man. And she died. And they're, fun, they're just way more fundamentally sound. And also, guys, I, I don't care what basketball team we roll out, we should win in every tournament. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's two on two and one street ball tournament, U.S. against the world. We should win, bro. I disagree as the best players in the in the NBA are international. <laughs> that is not the case anymore. <laughs> I disagree. I but it. moving on, man, moving on. Hey, so let's listen to Joe Schwartz on how LSU recruited Flage. Uh <laughs> If y'all don't know who Falaje is, she's the freshman phenom forward guard, also daughter of Camouflage. You have to be from the South to understand who that is. But let's listen to him real quick. <laughs> let's listen to her real quick, or him. We started recruiting Flage. Her biggest thing was, I want to be a rapper and I want to be a basketball player. Basketball is what she does, but music is her therapy. That's what she always says. And a lot of schools in the recruiting process basically said, you got to pick. And I kept telling her mom, I said, all Coach Mulkey wants from Flage, three, four hours a day of basketball. She can be a student. She can rap. She can do whatever she wants. She can do both. I can't sell my soul, y'all. I just shoot a three put my... Shout out to all of y'all that dropped the ball. Uh, Coach Coach Koki was like, look. Ah, see what you did there? <laughs> Basketball fun. Oh, man. Yeah, it was there. That's why I laughed. Uh, McCulkey. Betty, 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 Betty. Hey, that's what happens, man. You got to have – this is what it comes to, and I think there's a lot of things in college recruiting that isn't really covered and talked about. To be a good recruiter, a Nick Saban, a Steve Spurrier, a Kirby Smart, um, Kim McCulkey, you have uh, Gino Ariyama. You have to have a product to sell, and you Dawn have to be Staley. Don Staley, and you have to be at the forefront in an ever-changing climate. Don Staley created the first NIL, basically NIL Academy, not like Clemson where they actually help everybody manage their brands, um, where they had all of the, all of the, anything from the phones being laid out on the side that they could snap all their brands after a win, et cetera. She established all of that. McCulkey right here is ahead of the game by saying, I'm not going to rain on your parade. You can do whatever you want. You, as long as you're a student and a basketball player, you can be a rapper, you can be a seamstress, songstress, you do whatever you want. And Flage was like that. Make some pants and sing the song. Hey man, multi-talented. Hey man, hey, I think hey, I think that like one of the reasons I really want to talk about this was I think that coaches are going to have to learn their own level of adjusting and agility. You're going to have to find a way to coach your team, be able to put an excellent product out on the field, a team that's good consistently. But also, you're going to have to make sure that you make kids comfortable. In the past, that was never a thing. It was never, you know, how can the coach help the kid? You're going to come here. You're going to play for me. You're going to do exactly what I tell you. Mm -hmm. I think now, with the NIL and the amount of money that players are making, specifically Flage and Angelis, you're going to have to find a way to be able to coexist together. There's going to have to be a higher level of respect for college athletes. 
and and it's, yeah. it's that's you know for a long time they were like oh no sports couldn't exist with that with athletes getting paid we're finding out that it can exist it it actually seems to be thriving levels the playing field a little bit not in terms of parity in competition but in terms of limiting the power of the coach that exactly. the, the 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 end all be all my way or the highway I can cuss you out the the Bo Schembechler Woody Hayes days are toast that's over with Paul hey, Johnson hey, hey, grabbing hey. face masks and throwing players and kicking mm-mm. ain't none of that no more it's too many people invested too many people invested hey there there are there are companies who support your university that are paying me a lot of money. You're going to have to treat me with some respect or you're going to lose me. And if I disappear, that sponsorship money, that donor money, walk right out the door if you continue to run athletes away. So, yeah, you're right. There's going to have to be a better level of brand management with teams and players and, you know, just the respect that you're going to have to treat players with. Can't dog them out like, like you could before. And that wasn't right. And I, I'm glad to see things kind of the scales hopefully evening out. Even though I do think the NCAA is going to try to find a way. To well, yeah, and that's too what I was power. saying. There's w- too much power, and we talk about it. Coaches don't, to me, in my opinion, all of this other stuff that you see in the in the in the news about oh the federal government uh, they need to regulate it because uh, there's too much money and all of that. No, 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 no. It's because you're losing power and the players are making more money than you. Look at Bear Alexander. Yep. You may not know who he is. I thought he was going to be the best defensive lineman on the Georgia Bulldogs. He was the next person in line. You had Jordan Davis. You had, uh, uh, what's his name that just went um, knife to the Eagles that we were supposed to get. Jalen Carter. And then Bear Alexander Jaylen was Carter. the next guy. Bear Alexander was the next dude. And he transferred to USC. And they paid him an exorbitant amount. I, well, I'm not going to say. It. He got an NIL deal. And apartment. I'm not going to say they he paid him. Apartment. His apartment is in the middle of downtown LA in a high rise, 30 stories up. In the middle of downtown LA. So just take with that what you will. At the end of the day, y'all going to have to fix y'all face and, and, and play nice to these athletes. That's what's gonna have to happen. Sneaky. And Flage is out Sneaky. here balling. Go ahead. Uh, like women's basketball may not be the bigger draw, but the big yeah. women's college. I think I think it will be soon. Especially, and a lot of this is once again the NCAA just not. The NCAA has a has a historic past of not. Being uh, not having very good awareness. I mean, specifically, the women's sports is so much better than the men's, and they won't fix the men's because it's always been there. And it's the same thing that happened with the NIL and not paying players. You have to listen to what your consist- constituents are asking for. They need to make the men's basketball game better. It needs to look more like the NBA. You don't have the high marquee players going to college anymore. The number one draft pick will be Victor Wimbignano. He didn't play a minute of college basketball. Uh, Scoot Henderson. He's probably going to be the second pick. 
He did not play a minute of college basketball. The twins, so Amen and Asur, didn't play a minute of college basketball. You said what? The twins, Amen and Asur. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. They didn't play right. a minute of college and basketball. That's the four of your top five picks or four of your top ten picks didn't go to college. Exactly. If, but the bell, I, sh- I always shoot them bell though, because the NCAA men's is the only basketball league that has to deal with the G League. Like, the G League, the the more the G League comes up, the less the NCAA Men's Basketball League will fall, and the more that women's that, basketball will take over college basketball because they don't, have any, they don't have any competition. The G League ain't been around, but maybe about, what, 10, 12 years tops? No, no, they built, no, 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 no. Well, they had the D League. Then the G League. G, it was yes, yeah, the D League. It's the D League first. Well, and before that, it was the D League. Well, it was the G League. Then it was the D League. Then it was the G League. Well, the D League was barely hanging on. Remember, they had to do a whole rebrand to change it from the developmental league because people didn't like the name of it. But they so also you changed the rules league. too. They changed the rules too. But you, as an organization, when your competition shows up, you have to change too. And their issue is they don't want to change. Well, that was the point. No, the point of the NIL. This is a good conversation, actually. The point of the NIL, shout out to Flage. Uh, the point of the NIL, if you remember, when we talked about it, it wasn't football. Football wasn't losing any players. You have to still stay three years past your college graduation before you get into the NFL. It wasn't football. They weren't losing anybody to Europe. It was basketball. The NIL was created because of the G League and because of players going over to Europe. When Brandon... He's retired now. Brand, he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Brandon. He was uh, I know you're talking about with all the tattoos. I want to say Streeter, but it's not him. It's, it was, uh, I think of it. He, when he went to Europe and played Brandon for Brandon Jennings. That's Brandon it. Jennings. When Brandon Jennings went to Europe, another person that you don't really hear talk about, but it was a big deal. He went to China. Yeah, Emmanuel Moutier. I'm China. Emmanuel Moutier went and play that started it when they went and started getting paid that's when the ncaa should have been like hey we got to do something but no they had their head up their butt and they decided to say well we're we're still bigger than the competition and they just kept they just kept going kept going you got a 35 second clock you you play two halves instead of four quarters you're not making it look like the product that you notice college football actually tries to be at the forefront of these things you really look at the NFL. College football actually the, runs, the, promotes football, pushes football. Go ahead. Yes, the 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 well, college football is more is always more aggressive than the NFL. I think college, follows college football. You remember at one point the Wildcat? It was it was every college football's offense. So what did the NFL do? Hey, let's do it like that. Or you know, college football was the first one to go a little bit more positionless. Let's just go edge rusher. And and let's see what Florida these guys State, look like. Florida and then the State. shout out to Mickey Andrews. And then the NFL kind of says, "Oh man, this is kind. This makes kind of sense. Let's do it." Well, well college, yeah, college basketball does the exact opposite. Too. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're let's right. make this look like John Wooden basketball from 1930, and wonder why nobody watches. And then you, but the, the oh, the I'm gonna take that alley oop you just threw. You right? Let's let's take all of the blackness out of basketball and see what it got you. They said, you know, we are gonna go to the G League. Fine, we'll go to the G League. Whatever. <laughs> That's what they did. 
basketball. It took all the blackness out of basketball. Right. I did. I put that right. I put that right. I said, hey, I'm D-Wade. Sometimes you just got to throw that oop, man. But, yeah, I mean, I have little faith in men's college basketball. They'll fix it, but I'm not a fan of men's college basketball. As you probably know if you watch this podcast, anytime I can find a way to trash that sport, I do go women's college basketball because they're fantastic. They're well-rounded, and they play offense, defense, and can dribble. Yep. Yep. All right, man. Before we get to, to uh, uh, say no to drugs, the Pelicans, as well as Nick Nurse, um, and possibly Jalen Brown trade scenario, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, Got to talk about the finals. Got to talk about the finals. Uh, the Nuggets went wild in game one. Now, you remember, it was a Saturday morning, me and you talked about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, said Nuggets in three. I said Nuggets in three. And I said, I, and I, you said Nuggets in three. I got a good hearty laugh, chuckle, some say. But I told you, he's going to steal one of the next two games. I don't know if they win one in Denver or they won the one at home, but it ain't no way they lose the next two games. Well, if you want to go with what I told you, so. If you remember, if you hearken back to the episode, I said Ooh, we the, we're hearkening. I said hearkening. I said that Denver we're was hearkening. gonna win in five. I made a joke with three and I said, honestly, I'll give Miami five. I said Denver will win in five. I also said, Hey, Miami found something. I said they found something at the end of the game. When they cut it in the game one, and I said they cut it to ten points. And I said it wasn't as the game wasn't as close as it was at the end of the score, but Miami found something. I did not think finding something meant actually losing <laughs> and beating Denver in Denver after Denver with with Jokic up with Jokic with a 40 to 15 run with a 40 to 14 run and Jokic scoring 40 points. I did not expect for them to lose. And yet so. the Heat just decided to be the Heat. They are they came back from double digits again. And they stunned the Nuggets. So, I also, once again, what did I tell you that they were going to do? You got to put Kevin Love into the lineup so at least he can be a big for some of the time so that you can kind of keep Bam out of foul trouble against you. Executed perfectly. Kevin Love did not have a world-beater game. I think he had maybe 10 rebounds. I thought they would play Cody Zeller a little bit more. But like I said, you need bodies just to get in the way. Also, one thing that I think they did that, that not a lot of people really noticed was they did they let Joker score points. They did not allow him to get to to, to let anybody else get buckets. He had four assists. And him scoring is one thing. I don't think there's much you can really do to stop him. Specifically when he gets down there in the paint, he just bowls them over. And there's not anybody who's strong enough to do anything but Bam, and you can't really put Bam on him for the whole game. So, man, that's all well and good. I understand what you're saying, and I understand what they're saying with let Joker score and don't let him get any any assists. I understand all that. This man right here, you can see him getting dunked on while he's fouling uh, uh, Bam. Joker only had four assists. Michael Porter Jr., I have not seen somebody go from sugar and being said that you were great 
and defensive turnaround and all of that to shit so quickly. I this is a testament to coaching to Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra did not make an adjustment on Jamal Murray. He did not make an adjustment on Joker. He made a, an adjustment on Porter Jr. By then, by putting Kevin Love, and Kevin Love didn't play center. Kevin Love guarded Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr., for some reason, did not go around Kevin Love. He tried to big man Kevin Love. Didn't work. He was shooting contested threes. Didn't work. And his defense was so bad that Max Strews started out four or five in three-pointers, and it was all wide open. Spolstra, by putting in Kevin Love to put on Michael Porter Jr., who was 2 of 11, allowed Jimmy Butler to basically guard Jamal Murray and then allowed Bam to hold on for the ride with Joker. But then by doing that, that allows you to put Caleb Martin on Bruce Brown. Now, I will say Denver messed up by not going into the paint with Aaron Gordon. I don't know why they stopped giving him the ball. He was five of six. They treated him like John Collins. But the thing about it was this is kind of the knock on Michael Porter Jr. He has so He's much potential baby. and promise. It looks like sometimes he he baby Kevin Durant. And then sometimes it's like, oh. Well, and you heard Mike Malone call him out and basically say, you know, players are up there not pouting because they're not getting their shots and are not playing defense. That was him. Gabe Vincent was – he who, was guarding. Who they went after him like? every time. Who? Pouting? And – Yes, and their best friends. Oh, Trey. I think it's worse for Michael Porter Jr. because Michael Joe Porter Jr. is six eleven. That's the issue. You can't be that. Trey tall is six end. feet. At, least... at some point, you got to shoot Trey some bail. Hey. Like, hey, at least he tried to get it the way. Hey. Michael Porter Too Jr. is six eleven. Too little. You the biggest hey, yeah. person on the Son, court besides Joker. You're tall enough to play center on this floor, bro. You got and and, and that's the part that it's just unacceptable. You don't have an excuse other than you don't want to do it. It's always one thing if you're just not equipped to do it. And I will say Trey is not equipped to play great defense. But Michael Porter Jr., you just don't want to do it. And we pay you too much money and the way the CBA is set up Talk now. Talk about shouldn't have given you that contract. You cannot do that. I pay you a bunch of money and I don't. You have to give us everything you got now, bro. That the was days my... are just. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Finish. The days of just kind of loafing, it's either you're going to do that or we're going to trade you to Detroit. Yeah, That's the answer. You yeah. can be rich in Detroit. Michael Porter Jr., they they have isolated him and attacked him over and over again. That's all they did. Uh, his defense was – I don't know why he was trying to double-team Kevin Love five feet away from the three-point line and leave Gabe Vincent open. He did that like three times in a row. And I, it, You look at a guy – like Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is a more consistent basketball player than Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. They make about the same money. That's, that's the trade you could do. That's, but that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, it's not. But it, it, that Michael, Michael Porter Jr. Jr. is really the only. supposed to be like the number one pick in that draft. He, but, he was the highest coveted yeah, guy he had the back end. But I also said that was my only, I don't know if I would have paid him. You have a bunch of those. I always try to give the player the benefit of the doubt. Michael Porter Jr., I was like, dog, he played one game in college. 
He played no games in the pros his rookie year. He basically sat out the second year. And in the third year, he played pretty well, and you gave him a max extension in the fourth year. I was like, ha. I don't know if I would have gave him that Cause, contract. Because he's Cause so he's 6'11. Because all I know of his why he gave it to him. His, He's, I, I just hate to see players that I he's think are really good basketball players end up being two, 2K Warriors. So would you You're have only given him good that on contract? the game, bro. Would you have given him that contract? Have to. You have to. Because he turns Why? into Kevin Durant. So you're saying you would have gave him that contract? Yeah. So you've also said in the past that you wouldn't have given Zion that contract. No. It's the same Two situation. different things to me. How? Okay, so... I, well, number one, one thing I do like about Mark Michael Porter Jr. is very frank about this. He says, man, I, I had two major back surgeries very young. Every day for me is about staying healthy. What does Zion, that mean? What does that mean? That, mean? that means he acknowledges I have to work on my health every day. Okay. Zion, they just they just let a report, set, report out that Zion and the athletic staff weren't getting along. They they. He, he, he didn't want to do what they asked of him on a regular basis. My only knock about Zion is I don't think that he ever, he doesn't care enough about his health. That was a great I've gotten past the fact. Huh? <laughs> no, I forgot. Uh-oh. Michael Porter Jr. was so bad that they had to play rookie Grady Dick like 20 minutes last game. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think that Zion, like for me, it's a lot of motivation. I think that Michael Porter Jr. does genuinely like to play. I consider him a hooper. He likes to play basketball. I think he'll do whatever it takes to play basketball. I don't know how much defense he'll play, but I know that he he wants to play basketball consistently. I don't think that Zion is motivated enough to take care of himself. And it shows. I disagree with that. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is just a year or two ahead of Zion. He sat out for his rookie year because he was hurt. Sat out his second year, most of his second year because he was hurt. Um, it's not it's not the injury as much as the behavior. I the don't attitude. trust so Zion you're saying you And I, I know what you're saying. You're saying because Michael Porter Jr. acknowledged what you said, acknowledged that he every day is about me being healthy means that you would have gave him the contract. I think that's BS. I, you can acknowledge to me all day that, yes, I have a hurt back and I need to make sure I stay healthy. But you ain't proven nothing to get the contract yet. The same way Zion hasn't proven anything to me that warrants him getting that contract. It's all about what could be. So if you're going to pay him on what could be based on attitude, then it's the same thing to me. I wouldn't have paid him that money, and I wouldn't have paid Zion that money. It's just interesting that one person is acceptable and one person isn't, and they both have pretty much the hey, same Zion can continue to go to Golden Corral, and as long as he stays that weight, he's going to stay on the bench. And as long as he stays on the bench, he has proven everything I assume to be right about him. I have over, not missed yet on Zion Williams. Look, they overeat. You, you said he wasn't going to play, and he overeats. That's fair. But you still gave him the contract, and they gave Michael Porter the Jr. the contract off a limited sample space the same kind of way. But back to the finals. Uh, if you're the Heat, Tyler Hero is pretty much eligible to come back game three. Do you bring him back? You work. He says he doesn't want to come back and mess up the rhythm of the team. I think now, now I think there are multiple things at play here. I think there's a little bit of fear. 
mean, he just broke his hand. Like, not that, not that long. Wasn't it like the beginning of the playoffs? Game one against the Bucks. So, uh, I mean, you hear all the time when athletes, when they hurt themselves, it takes a while of using whatever you, whatever you broke before you get the confidence to, to want to play specifically at the level that you're used to playing, number one. Also, I mean, the rhythm part, it depends on, on, on what game you look at. You look at game one, you needed to mess up the rhythm because y'all were a rhythmless nation. <laughs> but game two, <laughs> game two, I could understand how you're like, okay, well, it looks like we kind of had things going. But you also have to understand Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA right now. That's his job. And I don't think that there's a person on the planet right now who thinks that he hasn't nailed his job. So whatever he tells you to do, you got to have faith in that. That guy is, hey, he's coaching his ass off. Yeah, so two things. Um, I see what Hero's saying. I think the I think Hero was going to come back game three if they lost. I think, oh, yeah. I think Hero, by them winning, it gets them to game four. But he's coming back. Now, because if they win, he may get game five if they lose, right? If Denver wins game three, he comes – well, actually, they'll never get to game five. He's coming back game four because they have the potential to go down three to one. If they win, he's coming back game four because they have the potential to go up three to one and seize control of the series and get a championship. Well – so you bring him back. Now, you I would assume he's still going to be a minutes restriction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He broke his hand not that long ago. So you don't assume that he's going to be back in full capacity. You just need him to be another person. Yeah, he's just on the – they already have coaches' decisions, DMPs anyway. So you suit up, get on the bench. If things go well, you get another day of rest. If things don't go well – we need to change your pace. I know one way to shoot this, you know, shoot some adrenaline into this team is take a guy who we've been waiting to get back, put him on the floor and see what he does. He is a, he's a matchup issue. He helps create matchup issues for a team that doesn't really have as many shot creators as you like. You know, you know, you gotten a lot out of Gabe Williams, uh, Gabe Vincent. You got a lot out of uh, Caleb Martin, but. We paid you, Tyler, and I mean, I think they believe in Tyler. Yeah, they do. People man. not believing in things. They do, man. Tyler Hero. I, I just, it all depends on Game Three. Game Three is wild to me that all of the pressure is now on the Nuggets. Like all of the pressure, we have yet to see this Heat team plays so carefree. It's interesting. I don't know which Heat team I would rather see. Do you want to see the Heat team with the back against their wall? Because they come out like game two or they did against the such sort of bucks and play out of this world. But a team, the Heat team that play with nothing to lose, aside from the Celtics series, I, they are pretty good even when they play with nothing to lose. I don't think that they're a different team. That is what I think is their true value is they play the same no matter what. They're, they're even killed. They don't get too excited. They don't get too low on themselves. They next. The thing for them is just what Gabe Vincent said here. Please play this clip. Oh, you want to play it? I was just going. I was just going to read it. Uh, mm-hmm. He said, "Frankly, we don't give a damn." But yeah, I'll play it. 
Oh, video has no sound. It has no. But this is what this is what I liked. They said, "Hey, you know, people didn't believe in you. Hey, we don't give a damn. We just want four wins. That is the Jimmy Butler line. That's his belief. I don't care. Everything outside is outside. We are the Heat basketball team." These are the players that we've allotted to play. And we're going to take these guys out here and we're going to do our damnedest to play good basketball every night. And I think that that's the reason that people like, which one do you want to play against? I think this team has one, one objective, and that's always their focus. Whether they're up, then they're like, let's protect the lead. If we're down, let's find a way to turn this thing around. But you're playing the same team no matter what. It reminds me of like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Steve Spurrier football. Like I'm just going to run my offense. Whether we down 100, whether we up 100, whether it's the first string, whether it's the fourth string, whether you're undrafted rookie free undrafted free agent, whether you're a lottery pick, whether you're 5 years 90 million or you're 1 year 1.9, we're going to play the same way regardless. And that's how they end up coming back. They just play the same game over and over. They do the, they do all the little things right. And Jimmy Butler is the most unselfish leader superstar of a team I've seen in a long time. A long The time. longest time. I oh. don't have to shoot the most shots. I don't have to dribble the air, air out of the ball. I will play defense. I will guard people who I might not even really supposed to be guarding. If that guy's a problem, well, let me find a way. And shout out to Spo, man, for uh, that that makeshift zone. It's not really a zone, but it's a zone. It's a really uh, a two-one-two zone with Jimmy being the rover, and he basically yeah. just follows, just goes in the middle of the zone and goes back and forth and guards whoever. Shout out to Spolster, man. That that is coaching. That is coaching. But um, that's coaching. But it's also being in great shape. Jimmy yeah. is in great shape in the finals. You know how many people just dog out towards the end of the playoffs like, oh, I don't have it. And you can see they don't have it. Just be out of shape. Yeah. Um, Jimmy <laughs> is in elite shape, and no matter what you need from him every night, he's going to give it to you. He is, um, he we is, can't play is. this next clip, but there is um, a guy <laughs> on, on Jimmy's, oh. in Jimmy's DMs just begging for Jimmy to beat the Celtics after they had gone up uh, 3-0 and then lost three in a row. Yeah, we'll have and... blood in the post. It's kind of funny. You're playing a, di- a way different team than during the regular season. They didn't shoot nearly this well all season before the playoffs. Actually, I beg to differ. They've always been a good three-point shooting yeah. team. They just always got hurt. Um, now, and, I, and this, that comes this, from in, being Hawks fans. We've seen th- it. We've yeah, been blistered in- by it. <laughs> this intensity that they've had. Now, their defense – and the playmaking is what's come out of nowhere. Nobody saw Duncan Robinson taking people off the dribble and getting and ones, right? Nobody saw Gabe Vincent shooting floaters. Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin dunking. Nobody saw that. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody, you know, Max Struess. Max Struess is who exactly who we think he is. He he can he's streaky. He hit four or five to, in the first quarter. It ended up four of ten for the game. Like, but. He plays hard, and they play within the system. And then that's what happens. And Terrell now, Davis I couldn't will, handle it. I will boy, say, wa- watching that Heat, 
they're gonna live and die on whether or not they can make open shots. I don't. I haven't seen a lot of teams shoot more open shots in the Miami Heat. I feel like somehow they're just like somebody's always open. Michael Porter now, Jr. That's you. When that's you, you are the Trey Young. We talk about Trey when Gabe Vincent scoot shoot all of them. This is how I was looking at Michael Porter Jr. right here. This is how I was looking at Michael Porter Jr. when I saw Gabe Vincent shoot another wide open three. I was like, bro, come on, man. Like, and go ahead. That's I just want to make sure y'all understand that. That's this, you, Michael Porter Jr. If you see at the bottom, this is I saw this during the game. And you know how the, the TV moves so fast, like a face you'll see. And a recognizable face you'll yeah, see. This was during the game. Well, this is how it like, went during the game. Yeah, she's like, is that Terrell Davis? And then he just Big man. destroyed. Big man. Big. Look, bro, let's go back. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he said the timeout after he dropped his ice cream on the floor. Like, that's how nah, he looked, um, right? <laughs> nah, a mile high salute anywhere. I'm gonna make it racy because he himself. looked like he heard he a word that not. he can't retaliate. He heard looked like he heard something he can't retaliate to. You know that face you make when you around a whole lot of hey, other hey. people, and they say something that it's you famous, can't say. You be like, "Oh, you know, if we was at home, I knock you out, big dog. <laughs> I knock you out." He was a walk on. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but they were. He was upset, man, and 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 everybody was upset in that game. Dog. Everybody was upset. Uh, shout out to. <laughs> Analytics says you guys have a 3% chance to beat the Celtics. What say you? Say who? <laughs> what do you have to say about that? 3% chance ESPN's giving you guys. ESPN Analytics. Who, who said that? ESPN <laughs> Analytics. The mathematical ESPN Analytics. Exactly. I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure. the Athletics, uh, Assaholis, or whatever they call themselves, <laughs> probably had us not beat in Milwaukee either in the first round. Yeah. What the next? You know what's funny? You want to laugh at that? Because he said that three times. He really didn't understand the word that they were saying. But you know the Udonis Hasman will break your jaw. <laughs> like, so you can't really laugh. It's well, just like, ah. let, Let's put some respect on his name. Florida legend. Florida Gator. Udonis Haslam. Basketball. Miami Heat basketball icon. He is and the culture, I, yeah. as he says. I am the culture. Um, He's right, though. From Gabe Vincent saying we don't give a damn, Bam Adebayo, Bam Adebayo playing well, saying we don't give a damn. Jimmy saying it is what it is, being the leader, the con leader. And then Udonis Haslam, they're all reiterating the same thing. We don't care what y'all got to say. We don't care. We We're keep here to play winning. basketball. We keep winning. We playing the right way. This is the best run of a team with – not one suit. I mean, Jimmy's a superstar, but he's not an iconic, like, guy. Like, he's not the one guy. Like, you have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Dirk, Tim Duncan. Uh, you haven't uh, – Kobe, Shaq. You haven't seen a team that doesn't have one guy since the 2006 or 2008? 2006 Pistons when they had everybody. But that's what I, I like the most about this team and I like about Jimmy Butler is I'm I'm not I'm a part of the team. I'm here to do my job, but I'm not here to outshine the rest of the team. We do this as a unit. We we all have the same idea. 
Nobody needs all the shine. We're just trying to win basketball games. Shine and I do on. think, I do think that as the NBA continues to get more and more athletic, you're, the, the opportunity to just out-athlete people is going to end. You're going to have to find a way to go back to playing smart basketball. You're going to have to take good shots. You're going to have to play defense, or you're going to perpetually lose. I think Jimmy, Kevin Durant for a while, Devin Booker, bringing back the mid-range. Like Jimmy, DeMar DeRozan for sure. He That's his signature. But Jimmy, Jimmy plays, I think he led the league with shots at the basket for a, for a guard and was like top three behind like Giannis. And for him to play on the baseline and of course playoff Jimmy is a real thing. Uh, we see that he's a superstar without a flashy trait. You're right, Sneaky. Playoff Jimmy's a real thing because he's showing enough can't shoot them threes. But when it get down to 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 winning time, as my dad says, winning time, he hits those threes. Um they play well. And you're right, you're gonna have to play smart basketball going forward. You know who I would like to, for them to study? Jimmy's game? Giannis. If Giannis can hit the shots, not the difficult fadeaway threes. Also, I still hate the way Jimmy draws fouls. There were a few. There was a bunch of calls in that game, too, and I was like, there's no way that's a foul. But they, he got it because he's Jimmy. If Giannis took the shots on the baseline that Jimmy took takes and plays the way Jimmy does, Giannis right. would be that, that is a person who Giannis could attempt to emulate. I know that sounds crazy to ask Giannis to try to emulate Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, who we would consider probably like a star, not a superstar. Giannis, a generational talent. But Jimmy's Jimmy's ability to influence the game and not have to out-athletic everybody or really out... He's not going to out-dribble you. Not Kyrie with the handle. He's not going to out-shoot you. He's not Steph or Clay with the shot. He just Real works really hard. Paul he Pierce motivates like. his team. Real Paul but Pierce. But even like. Paul Pierce. Paul, Paul, Paul Pierce, Pierce was a bucket, though. Yes. Like a, Jimmy is, to, is. They both get to their spots. That's what Paul Pierce did. Yes. Paul Pierce had elbow, elbow, uh, free throw line. And that was Paul Pierce. And Jimmy is baseline, baseline, front of the rim. That's Jimmy's spots. And, and they you, get to the spots every time. And yeah, Kyle. You Lyle. know what's funny about what you said about getting to your spot? You know, the whole. Uh, Kwame Brown thing, that is the thing that he did knock LeBron for. He said, no matter what, sometimes you just have to get to your spot and make the shot. And to a certain degree, you're right. Jimmy Butler is just going to find a way to get... He that shoots is a, a lot point. of really weird, like, three or four foot, like, like a push, like, mediocre jump shot type of thing. And you're just like, how does he always get in this spot and just create a little bit of space... And because it, it, he it because like he also drove because he flops too. I'm not gonna lie to you. He flops. There was a foul. They called a foul on Aaron Gordon where he didn't touch him. But when he shoots, he he does that and falls oh, yeah. every single time. So now you can't contest Miami. it because he's gonna fall. So uh, yep. Jimmy is the epitome of a savvy veteran, right? He is. He's figured out what gets fouls. He's figured out now the one thing. The adjustment that he did make from one game one to game two is he stopped pumping. Well, really, game six to game seven, 
of the Boston series in game one to game two of the finals is he stopped pump faking. When he gets to the rim, he just goes up and elevates and scores. When he was yeah. pump faking, he got blocked 15 times against the Celtics when he was pump faking. So that's one of the and, things, the adjustments that he's made. But that's coming from watching tape. You can't continue to do the same thing. So if if they're if they know I'm a pump fake, then what do I have to do? I got to go straight to the bucket. If they expect me to go to the bucket every time, what do I need to start doing? Hit them with a little up and under. Hit them with the pump fake. Just that variation. So many players now get their shot blocked. Go do the same thing. Get their shot blocked. Do the same thing. And 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 that's where smart basketball has to come into it. Are you paying attention to what's going on? Or are you just going to round peg square hole this to death? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, man, I'm still standing by my Nuggets uh, pick. I don't. Nuggets in three? I don't know if they're going to win in five. I They may go six, may go seven. What happens if the, they're about to go to Miami? And, my, and one thing I'm going to say, I, those Miami fans are going to be loud. They're going to be super loud. Because they know if they steal this game, Denver, Mike Malone, you have to figure out how to unlock Michael Porter Jr. And I don't think that the answer is to and force Aaron him Gordon. He, no, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Gordon played think. well. I think they just stopped giving him the ball. But I think you, you have to I, unlock Michael Porter Jr. in order to allow Aaron Gordon. Because Michael Porter Jr., by shooting threes, takes somebody out the paint. It takes you have when you're running the zone, you can't collapse and double team and slap the ball out of their hand because you have to stick to the three-point shooter. If you stick to the three-point shooter, Contavious Caldwell Pope, one of six. When you think about it, they played a terrible game in the second half. When you stick to the shooter, now Joker just goes in there, and we saw what he did to Bam. I mean, at the end of the day, Joker scored 41 points. He demolished Bam. He demolished Zeller. He demolished, They didn't even put Kevin Love on there. Kevin Love said, we ran out of oil for these knees, big dog. I can't even do it. But Joker was playing oh, well. I bet he plays another 28 minutes again. Yeah. And if I'm Mike Malone, you have to. You have to take advantage of Kevin Love and Max Struess. Those are the two people you take pay. advantage of. You got to play faster. That's part number one. They're, they're, <laughs> y'all have more players. Y'all got Rogaine on his chest. Yeah. You do have to get out. You have yeah. to get out and run. But you gotta take, you gotta hit you, your shots, man. You, and you gotta you play gotta better defense. You gotta run Jimmy down as much as you can. You gotta run Bam down as much as you can. You need Kevin Love to be chasing the whole game. So yeah. you're gonna have to play faster. Yep. Uh, and and Joker four assists is not. That well, ain't. Gonna, that's not enough. Oh, that was my point. I was making up. He would have had like ten or eleven if Contavious Caldwell Pope and Michael Porter Jr. actually hit their hit half of their shots. All them shots they missed were passes from him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that's cool. But every time Joker scores over 40 points, they lose. They've done it so in the playoffs, what, three times? And they've lost three times. So you've got you to gotta hit your shots in order to space the floor. Um, with that being said, man, we come to the end of the basketball segment. We are going to take a quick break. And then we're going to jump right into football. Got a few things in football we're going to talk about. SEC scheduling the Falcons. Um, as well as gambling becoming a problem in the NFL. Uh, and I'm going to tie that. Not the gambling, it's the get a call. Consistently. <laughs> well, I mean, you got it. it wasn't sure. Getting caught. 
Uh, there's more ways to get caught now, and they're all u- utilizing all of them. So y'all go take a break, bathroom break, get your little beverage. Uh, we'll be right back. Y'all stay tuned. Listen to the Splashcast 48 pack. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our final segment of episode 106 of the Splashcast, Monday Night Raw, episode 106. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. We are back with our final segment, football, news around the league. Got a few things we're going to talk about. Uh, But before we get to NFL, let's talk about some college football. Uh, The SEC has announced... So, backstory: The SEC is expanding, adding Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they've already added Texas A&M, Missouri as well. Um, they are trying to figure out their schedule when adding Texas and Oklahoma. Right now, they're in two divisions, the East and West. You add Texas and Oklahoma, it becomes unbalanced, and you have to then, if it's done by geography, you have to move somebody two team at least two teams over to the east the natural progression or the natural look would be the alabama teams because that's the the, really the dividing line Um, which means you put alabama auburn georgia florida tennessee all in one bracket it'd be lsu texas a&m texas oklahoma arkansas missouri no i'm sorry missouri's in the east uh in another bracket they couldn't decide on that in the offseason, so the SEC announced that they, in the 2024 season, will have eight games, no divisions, top two teams to play in the SEC Conference Championship game, similar to the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that they were going to go for the two-team, I mean, the four-team four pods. Um, but that is a lot of moving parts to like to try to figure out. I think that this will be evolving. I also think that the SEC has got one foot out of the door of college football as we know it. I think that they want to get to a point. Where- um, it is good to note that this is just for the 2024 season. They basically kicked the can down the road. And they plan on reconvening and discussing this again in 2023, in 2024, uh, after the 2023 season, in hopes of getting getting a permanent um, solution. So, I th- I don't know about SEC being one foot out the door because of the NCAA. I don't know what that does academically. Um, I don't know what that does. I think they care about the academics. They don't care about DJ academics, school academics. We're here to play football. So. An accredited, you know, but to be an accredited uh, a university, you know, for your, you don't, you, I don't know what this, do, I don't know. I don't know what this does for accreditation. I don't know what all of this does. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, if that happens, plus the G League turning up, NCAA sports is in a bit of a pickle. Uh, you might look at the NAIA. <laughs> the back in the day, remember the NAIA? Well, you don't remember. But back in the day, NAIA was the biggest conference. And then the NCAA turned up 
and made the NAIA uh, kind of irrelevant for a while. This same thing might happen to them with the SEC. You never know. Uh, but it's interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, Falcons. Now, Falcons. Now, Falcons. If you serious, Falcons have about $20 million in cap space left. Arthur Smith uh, and Arthur Blank in the past have the Falcons like to keep about $20 million um, in money to sign to carry over to the lead to the year. So that they that's can what sign I heard somebody too, the free agency. Um, yeah. Matt Hollins is a willing blocker. That's why they really drafted him. I mean, they signed him because of blocking. But the uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is still out there available, and apparently there's a few teams that are out on him. I don't know why, he's been bought out. I didn't understand that, the that buyout. Market. That that market dry up. Let it dry up. Let it dry on up. And these teams keep saying stupid things. Just don't say. That's one thing I will say. Mike McCarthy said. He said, oh, no, I'm not getting into this. Whatever these comments are said, they always come out wrong. I respect DeAndre Hopkins. I met him when he went to his first Pro Bowl. He's a great football player. That's it. Don't act. You like Robert Sala. Oh, well, we don't need him. The hell? <laughs> you always need that guy. And, you know, where I can see him going, of course, is where every receiver goes to rejuvenate their careers. He's going to go to Patrick Mahomes. And in Kansas City for a one-year, $12 million deal. And he's going to win a ring and do whatever he's got to do. Because it's going to happen. Oh, but then the money is up. Let me tell y'all something. He would flourish. He's automatically the number one in Atlanta, which is fine because we're playing positionless football. You then put Cordero and let Mac Hollins, and at that point, well, Mac Hollins just wouldn't play. Put Drake at the two. Now the Falcons look kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Hollins, you're you're the wild. You're you're the next guy up. You're gonna get your rotation. You you won't get as much as you are slated to get right now, where you get the lion's share of the plays. And I still think that, like, Mag Hollins is going to play, but they're gonna play a lot of Johnu Smith. That's Arthur Smith's boy. And he made that very clear. He's he said, I can't, I could, because they were interviewing him. He said, I would have to give you a full interview to tell you how much I love I and respect Arthur Smith. I agree and when he sneaky. said that, I was like, oh, that's his boy for real. At that yeah. point, I was like, oh, okay, well, John U. Smith's gonna get a lot of playing time. And he said, Hey man, this is position. So I think that they're yeah. gonna. These guys are big, and and I think that from what I've seen, everything I've seen from Ritter, he's 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 going to be pretty active. He looks pretty calm in the pocket. He looks like he throws good balls. And hey, yep. Um, Sneaky yeah, did I say. It, I was like, Shh. Uh, Sneaky. One of our viewers did say that they could see DeAndre Hopkins with the Ravens, which makes all the sense in the world to me, especially since he got bought out. Like, that's the part I don't understand is he's got bought out. So you ain't got to pay nobody nothing. You can just sign him to what you you basically go into recruiting mode and recruit him to be able to sign a contract that's affordable to your team. Because him in Baltimore, now all of a sudden Baltimore looks even crazier. 
I mean, oh no, then that then I will back I will back off of everything that they said. You know how I feel about the Odell. I don't think the Odell should be your wide receiver one. I don't think that's fair to Lamar. We haven't seen Odell play good football in a while. But if you have Hopkins as your one, Odell as your two, Zay Flowers as your three, oh, all bets are off. And I think that. Huh? Who's that running back? Whoever you want to put back there. Hey, Zeke, you better get over there and take you a little discount. <laughs> Do what you can for them boys. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the, that Hop- the- Hopkins really really propels any team that he plays for, he's going to propel them into another gear because the teams that he are, he's going to go to are, are, are a piece away. If you can if you can go to the Chiefs and then Kadarius Tony isn't your number one wide receiver anymore, then, yeah, you got a problem. You go to the Falcons, you replace Mac Hollins, and then, you know, the offense is, oh, at that point, Ritter got to come out swinging or they're going to go to Taylor Heineken super fast. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. What, I'm interested to see where Nook, where uh, DeAndre, I know, called him Nook, uh, where he uh, ends up. This is my candidate for Falcons. I don't I don't even know what to call it because he's been the most consistent defensive player we had, but he keeps getting double teamed. I think Grady Jarrett, with the additions we made on defense, especially in the defensive line, we can no longer be double teamed. And now he is going to – I look for him to be back to Pro Bowl, first ballot Pro Bowl because, you know, you got your, your second ballot, third ballot Pro Bowls. First ballot Pro Bowl um, – disruptor because every time he's single covered or single single blocked blocked with one person he gets hey. in the backfield every time not once Calais Com- Campbell David Onyemata Grady Jarrett is <laughs> from from what we've had so many times and what we got now thank you I'm happy it could be a problem, man. It, our defensive line could be a problem. Uh, what are we gonna talk about? And, hey, and, <laughs> and, and they say your boy uh, Ekabetti, he he he's looking. They say he wanted to gain some weight. Did that, and and they say that the game is slowing down for him now. The the linebacker crew is scared. I I don't know that 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 is I think our our weakest position group. Yeah, we didn't we didn't resign. What's his name? So now we got Michael Walker, who can play really well if he can just learn how to read defenses, read offenses. But when he 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 is he is awful when he's bad. But when he's good, it'd be pick six, sack, tackling yep. for loss. I'd be like, dang, where did this guy come from? And then when he's bad, it'd be touchdown, tight end, touchdown, slot receiver, eighty yard run. He I'd be like, damn man, he sucks. Uh, Dean P. Did you see him like, sign? DMPs just stopped playing him. So and we didn't we didn't resign we didn't sign Rashawn Evans. So I don't know what we're doing at linebacker. We've got a bunch of them. We've got a bunch of them. So we'll see. Uh let's get into these steroids real quick. I'm just joking. Don't want to start any rumors. But this is not The Rock. This is Austin Eckler. Who, if you remember. Requested a trade because he led the league in touchdowns last year. 
and he wants he still has one more year left on his contract and they did not extend him. He looking like he is coming for that contract this year. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And you know they had to restructure and, and kind of incentivize him to come back. Oh, so he, he they basically added a bunch of incentives to his current contract. That's basically what they did. Yeah, they like, hey, you got to give me some more money. <laughs> you got to prove I it don't... again. Now, y'all going to have to pay him if he prove it again. Y'all going to have to pay him. Pay him. Pay yeah. Him. <laughs> and this you need thing. him to prove it. Y'all need him. Man, I don't like the, the yeah, Chargers drafted another receiver. They got like six receivers over there. Just give us one. Give us one. Give the Falcons one. We'll take any of them. Keenan Allen. Yeah. Uh, Josh Palmer, uh, uh, any of those dudes. <laughs> so, and then, of course, I said immediately that this was drugs. Uh, Daniel Bellinger is not missing a day. This was him at the end of last season. Not, this is him at the beginning of this offseason. He looks like he turned into RoboCop. Like, that's what he looks like, RoboCop playing football. Hee-hee. <laughs> And expect to get drug tested every day, bro. Every day. No day going to go by that you don't get tested. They say the Giants are a sleeper again. I said, how y'all be, how they be a sleeper? Didn't they come in second in the division? They made the that playoffs. That means we never trusted you in the first place. They made the playoffs. <laughs> That's all that really means. <laughs> they don't trust you, bro. They still don't trust you. They never will trust you because you have Danny Dollars as your quarterback. Yeah, man. So what else we got, man? Uh, uh, let's do... Let's be let's be positive before we get to the to the to the foolishness. Shout out to DeBrickishaw Ferguson, man. Um he will begin nursing school. He's a three time Pro Bowler, Pro Bowl tackle. Uh he's part of the all name team. Um there's DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Uh there's a couple of Kabir Bajabia Miller is another name. <laughs> Sneaky said the Giants are asleep. There's another person part of the all NFL name team. Shout out to DeBrickishaw Ferguson um, going back to school to get his nursing degree. And I think we have a clip if it'll play. Nope, it won't play. But basically, he was saying, like, football is what I do, but nursing is what I have to offer. Like, I will be able to be a positive effect on society by getting uh, obtaining my nursing degree. So shout out to DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, and he's rich. So this is not something he has to do. He's choosing to do this, I I like to see like players after they're done. You know, you you had a career, so you could technically retire and do nothing, but to find another passion and this passion to be admirable and difficult. He said, "Man, I had to go to community college. I completed all of my prerequisites, you know, in order to get here. Now I'm going to nurse school. That ain't easy, bro. It's we went to school with a very strong nursing program." And it ain't for the faint of heart. Nah, man. It is not. It is not. You, NFL, players, lend me your ears. I don't know how y'all keep getting caught gambling. Uh, the NFL is probing the Colts' Isaiah Rogers for possible betting via Steven, Steven, uh, betting violations. Um, 
it is he is entering the final year of a four year three point four million dollar draft million dollar contract. He's a sit, former six round pick. Uh, I say all of that to say you don't have the luxury of messing up like this. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, I think you're a good football player, but you're not Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley messed up like this, got traded, got a new con, and still is going to play. It's probably going to start after sitting out a year. Football players, y'all can't be doing stupid stuff, man. If you're going to bet, don't bet up under your email. Don't put your email as Isaiah.Rogers at gmail.com to sign up for a betting website. Don't do things like if you. We've said this since Mike Vick and before. Put something in somebody else's name. First of all, don't do nothing stupid. You shouldn't do it anyway. You have yeah. too much to lose. But if you're going to do it, Why? put something in somebody else's name. Why y'all keep putting it up under y'all name? Bro, you play football. You don't have to bet on football. You don't have to. You just don't have to. It, what bet is worth your check? It it ain't no. You're not betting that much. You're not a professional gambler. You're a professional football player. So play. I don't know. Yeah, oh, this is sounds. This is gonna sound so bad, but it's the truth. I don't know why y'all be thinking y'all special. We done seen people get caught betting on sports players for the past however long sports has been around. We have every decade, every half decade, almost every year, we see somebody get caught on betting sports. We talk Pete Rose is the most noticeable, most most one that we remember. But there's an Al University of Alabama. There's football, basketball, all of that. Everybody gets caught. Why y'all think y'all special that you could break the law? You can break the rules and only you not gonna get caught. You it's know the odds of that. NFL it's what you can make the you have better odds of making the NFL than you do of not getting caught <clears throat> betting. <laughs> they say seven NFL players, at least one assistant, and an undisclosed amount of team employees have all been uh, found to have violated the league's gambling policy in the past five years. Quintez Cephas, C.J. Moore, Shaka Tony, Calvin Ridley, Josh Shaw, Stanley Berryhill, Jamison Williams, uh, Miles okay. Austin. Well, then I have another. Okay. With all of that that I just said, the NFL is not absolved of this either. The rollout, y'all were so quick to jump in bed with the with the with the uh, casinos. It sounds like to me because Jamal Williams is an upstanding dude from what I from what we know. It sounds like to me that the rollout and the rules didn't really meet everybody. Like you didn't explain, you may not have explained to them the consequences and and just what they can and can't do and you want to know the other part about this oh bullshit what is fantasy football is gambling Uh, and they can't get a pot over 250 dollars for fantasy football you said fantasy football is gambling yeah but it's not Yes, it is. It, it, but it's different. Like, dress it up however you want to. No. Well, let's talk about it. When it's you're betting on a game, like Calvin really bet on the game that he was playing in, right? 
Now that that that's a that's a no 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 no. no. He didn't bet in games he played in. He bet in games that okay. His bet on team his participated team. In. He bet on his team. He bet on the Falcons versus Jacksonville and won and bet. bet the Falcons to win. Please. Right. Yeah. More faith so, than half our faith. What I'm saying is, in like Isaiah Rogers, for example, if you bet on games that you're playing in now, the ethics of you actually playing, and are you trying to throw the game? Are you point shaving? All of that, all of that comes into effect. Versus, yeah, and, fantasy and football, also, where it's like, like you need to just get as much stats as you can, right? You're not trying to drop the ball on purpose because you don't want to. You want a five point spread instead of a six. You know what I mean? It ain't, it ain't, it, that's why I say it's kind of different. Which is why they, I think they allow it. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely and and the NFL, like you said, they've emba- embraced sports betting in a way. But you have to understand, we all work for companies, and they're gonna embrace some level of BS that you just can't. And just because just because I do it, don't mean you can. And you know, hopefully, I mean, as as these players continue to get in trouble, I hope eventually. You know, the rest of these guys are aware, like, hey, man, we can't do this anymore. They're not playing. Yeah. This is all, I mean, it's kind of new territory. But and that's the part. It's new territory, and y'all got to figure out how to convey the message better. And to me. Uh, but you, but they, they do have, like, a, I think it's like a, a day or two thing that all the players must go to. I'm sure they all must attest it. Like, it's like continuing education at your job. They make you do some stuff so that you, that, they can re-familiarize you with things you can and cannot do at this job. Same thing with the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to some funny stuff, man. And y'all better get y'all act together because, hey, man, ain't nan type of bet worth this $3.4 million contract unless you win $5 million, which I know you don't. If you only got a $3.4 million contract and you betting to win $5 million, then you may have a problem. So, uh, but moving on to something funny. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so the Chiefs visited the White House, and I, obviously, if you know anything about Kansas City, you know their the dynasty is the saying of their dynasty is "fight for the right to party." Uh, they get to it. My man Travis Kelsey presented with Patrick Mahomes presented the the Super Bowl jersey to the president, and then Kelsey drunk. I'm assuming he's drunk allegedly drunk, went to the podium that is reserved for the president. And Patrick Mahomes went and was like, oh, my bad, and moved him away. And what's funny is the rest of the team was like, ah, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Look at the rest of the team. <laughs> Let that like, man flourish. We all have that friend, or we are that friend. That's about to say, you what? are, that is you. Or I, I have another friend who we were in college. And there was an open mic, and he decided to get on the open mic in the middle of the student center and say MF for as loud as he could for no apparent reason. And while it was hilarious, it was the wrong thing to do. Y'all are some delinquents. <laughs> I don't Y'all. have a story. I don't have a story of me going up in the middle of the student center and cursing. Oh, and Reggie, now I've known you well enough to... to to be around some delinquency. No, you don't. I have done nothing wrong. I've only fell asleep on the sidewalk. That's the only thing you really have on me. <laughs> I 
how'd you know I was thinking about that? That, that, that ain't delinquency. I need out. I need out. But yeah, Travis oh. Kelsey was drunk, man, and it was funny. The Kelsey brothers have really, and the mom, shout out to the mom, providing for their babies, even though they're millionaires. She, they have all taken off with this podcast, with them uh, really transitioning to the second to their life after football. Um, and now we finish this off with a laugh, a laugh because we get to talk about Will Levis, who says that he is he has a cannon, bro. And then we get to talk about Norwood's guy Baker Mayfield. So similar, they're in the same spot. Will Levis is not looking good during camp for the Tennessee Titans. We knew he wasn't looking good during camp when they asked Mike Vrabel, how do you feel? And he looked like John Lynch talking about Trey Lance. He hit him with the, uh, Will Levis. I'm going to hit him with the double whammy. That's how, that's how Vrabel and John Lynch look. How you feel about Trey Lance and Will Levis? Ooh, you know, Brock Purdy looks good. Ah, you know, Tannehill ain't trying to give up the job. Now, that um, means you suck. The amount <laughs> of reporting that they have done on Brock Purdy, who is injured. Ooh, look at this. Injured. Look at this. Watch the turnaround. Not hurt. Now, Missed the whole this. net. Missed the whole son. The big-ass net, too, man. Like, I haven't been anybody's quarterback since ninth grade. I could have hit that net. <laughs> <laughs> With nobody in front of you. That would even sound most sound. Ain't no cones. Ain't no hold nothing. On, hold on, son. The job is to throw it into the hole in the net. Not throw. This is not volleyball. I don't know what you're doing, but you're wrong. But uh, this is the reason that some of us Will Levis. Will Levis, man. I, it looks like he's not going to start. Looks like Trey Lance. Who's going to start? They drafted. I mean, they got Tannehill. You got to think the time's got to be coming to an end. Well, who, they also, the but they got they, they got Levis uh, in the second round, though. They can sit yeah. him for a year. Yeah, and uh, what's the other dude they have? Uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis. They don't even talk about him. They have, they have, they have switched they, his position. I think they have three quarterbacks and no quarterback at the same time. Steve Spurrier. You play two quarterbacks, it means you don't have one. Doug Johnson, Jesse Palmer. Boy, that was a good time to be alive. <laughs> and Rex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But uh, it's not looking good in Tennessee, and it's looking even worse in Tampa Bay. <sighs> this is what y'all did. This is Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask on the same th- – they – oh, my God. It looks bad out there. That's Kyle Trask right there. We're going to miss you there. Baker Mayfield pops up. They're going to show it. He misses the they exact like same they route. Look they look like this. they both battling for quarterback, too. Look at that. They look like now, they I'm don't not, want to give the ball to anybody. The receivers ain't looking the best either. They don't They don't look like they're running the routes the hardest. They don't look like they're trying the hardest to catch the ball. Y'all sabotaging tie bowls, bro. Y'all sabotaging tie bowls. Don't sabotage Ty Bowles, man. Go too get late. him a quarterback. Y'all got all late, these man. young quarterbacks. Let me tell you who looked good over there, Trey Lance. Let me tell you, you can get him over there. Throw him in the mix. You got something. You could do something. Easily. 
something because I'm I, I told y'all think, from the jump Baker Mayfield was not it. I think I said it every I time you, that we if talk I'm about Trey Lance, it. I'm trying to either get to Tampa Bay or I'm trying to get to Miami. You know, I don't I don't want to wish anything bad on Tua, but I oh, also got to go where the eyes are in your favor, bro. Football. Yeah, I don't think the Tua should probably be playing football anymore. I am not going. That is what it is, but yeah, it, yeah. Shout out to the self saboteur. Deserves right. a chance. Now that we talking don't, about don't Josh Rosen him. That's the four self saboteurs, bro. The the Buccaneers, the 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 Dolphins. The, the Titans, and the 49ers. 49ers got all that talent on that team and about to go out there with Brock Purdy. <laughs> the, the, the amount the, the, of time that they talk about Josh, I mean, uh, Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy is crazy. Uh, um, First of all, you still got Scam Darnum over there, and you're talking about Mr. Arellis. That means Sam Darnold is his, his fully embraced the role as backup quarterback to whoever. Probably. Then whatever. you got uh, uh, Tennessee who drafted a quarterback in the second round then drafted a quarterback in the second round and then re-signed an old quarterback and you have a bunch of nothing. So you got four teams that are self-saboteurs and you Derrick Henry ain't getting no younger. Like there's a whole lot of things wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, go get Greg Roman. Run the wing T like they did with Lamar Jackson. Disrespectful. Uh, Don't have Lamar Jackson, though. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar is a pivotal part of that. Without Lamar, it all falls apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with that being said, we appreciate everybody tuning in, turning up episode 106, Monday Night Raw of the Splash Cast. Next time you see us will be Saturday. And we'll be talking about somebody, either the well, Nuggets or the Heat. Finals talk. It'll be, it'll be finals talk. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, Norwood, if we didn't forget anything, take us out. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, let's cover a couple things here. There's a website. You should go there. www.thesplashcast.com. Play everything Splashcast. Playlist, check there episodes check there news about the splash cast there join the mailing group all there and our handsome faces number two like follow subscribe go to any of these platforms click the link tree in our bios or in the uh the instagram bio or the twitter bio and you can find all of our links there Share the podcast with your friends like we told you earlier today. Support black creatives. We don't care if you just get on there for a minute and like every post you can. You can do that. We'd appreciate that. Also, once again, Splashcast 48 pack. 200, no, two hours and 23 minutes of music. Clean your house. You know, start your day with it. Give you some tunes to listen to. Whatever it may be, check it out. Support us. Now that we've covered that, Number one, number one, number one. More black baseball. And by far, more black beaches. Number two, number two, number two. More black cowboys and more black cowgirls. Number three, and by far the most important, historically black college and university, the 
you went to, your cousin went to, your auntie went to, the person that was cool that you was cool with at church, uh, send some money to their university or your university. Number two, the historically black college university in your neighborhood, one that you go to for homecoming, step shows. Oh, sneaky! You in the A this weekend, sneaky? Gotta get up with y'all. I will get up with the world. I will definitely let you get it. It's coming. It's, it's going up soon. And then finally, the greatest learning institution in all the world, the Hampton University, where I got my degree. That's where Reggie got his degree. Send some money there on behalf of the Splashcast. We only ask for eighteen dollars sixty-eight cents on behalf of the year the Hampton University was founded. Thank you for our, for your support. Thank you for your love. And until we meet again, ain't but one thing to do, Reg. What's that? Hang, Hang out. out. Love y'all. Buenos noches. Arriva Dirch. Peace. We are out of here. Love y'all. Peace. This is the Splashcast Weekly Schedule. You can find us on Monday, Monday Night Raw. That is the Around the League edition where we cover all of the major leagues around the league. Tuesday is the ATL edition. Braves, Falcons, Hawks. Wednesday is when the playlist comes out. It's a Splash Cash 24, 12, or 36 pack, just depending on the music. Thursday, for everybody who was not able to catch us live on Monday, they can catch up there on the Around the League edition. And then Saturday, of course, we bet beers for Saturday morning live. If you ever need to find us, we can be found at thesplashcast.com and, of course, via Instagram at thesplashcast. Hold your breath, lay on the wheel, babe I'm just playing, I still need you to catch that mail pack Ripper, watch your way to the spot, make sure you don't get trail back Only fuck with trees, but push the shove, bitch, I can sell crack Out the way, bust a play, I'm gone, bitch, I done fell back Brushes of my own, got my wrist, so she costs a hell cat Rich nigga got chicken in my contract, get four-way show Done Julio, liquid perk, I'm trying to fuck on that hoe Pat myself on the back, cause I'm proud of me, went head toe Stand up in the bed, dog, and he's I'm tired of shoes, they cost like 600 like I don't do shit else, that's on Deborah and I'm gonna get money yeah. I don't do shit else, that's on Deborah and I'm Yeah, wait a sec, slickery with the patch, I got an 80s nigga Way to flex, pop it on the hoe that got the greatest sex Bust a nut,